Heavenly Father, we confess your name is wonderful. Lord, I pray that we would once again be captured by the wonder and by the majesty of who you are and of what you've done for us. So Lord, may we see Jesus today. And as we see Jesus, may we, our hearts and our minds be transformed. Lord, I know that there, there are people who are, are watching today, who are gathered in this sanctuary today, who need to hear that wonderful name. And Lord, there are people uh, who have no connection to you or to your church, and they too need to hear that wonderful name. So I pray in the name of Jesus that we would once again be, be uh, captured and transformed by what you have done for us so that we would bring that message to the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we read our gospel lesson this morning. Today's gospel lesson is from Mark, the first chapter beginning with the 14th verse, reading in Jesus' name. Now after John was arrested, that is John the Baptist, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The world needs good fishermen. This world needs good fishermen, and God knows that this world needs good fishermen. And that's why Jesus has called you. Jesus has called you. He has called you to be fishers of people, to be fishers of people. So from our gospel lesson today, we see three things. First of all, that Jesus calls you to follow him. Jesus calls you to follow him. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me. Jesus calls you to follow him. Last week, I preached a sermon about following Jesus. What does it mean to follow Jesus? You can listen to that sermon online. So Jesus calls you to follow him. And, and what are we to do? Who are we to be as we follow Jesus? Well, Jesus makes it clear that Jesus calls you to become fishers of people. So number one, Jesus calls you to follow him. Number two, Jesus calls you to become fishers of people. And what does it mean to be fishers of people? Well, it means that Jesus calls you to share the gospel with others. So Jesus calls you to follow him. He calls you to be fishers of people. And then he calls you to share the gospel with others. So Jesus has called you. He's called you by name. 
He saw you wherever you were, and he called you. And there's good news. There's good news here. And that good news is, is that Jesus calls ordinary people. Jesus calls ordinary people. He called ordinary fishermen. He called ordinary people to follow him. And Jesus is still in the business of calling ordinary people. Think of the 12 disciples. None of the 12 disciples possessed an impressive resume. Actually, the Gospel of Mark portrays the disciples in a rather negative light. It's actually kind of embarrassing how Mark portrays the disciples. Mark's narrative shows that the disciples didn't understand. Mark portrays the disciples as those who doubt Jesus. And in the end, at Jesus' darkest hour, all of the disciples abandon Jesus. Jesus calls ordinary people. If you're, if you're like me, you'll probably say about yourself, there isn't much to be impressed with. For me personally, I, I never did well in school. Uh, the seminary that I attended will never use me as, as a model for attracting new students. They'll probably never collect my writings and publish them. I don't have very many talents. But really, I don't care. I don't care because what I'm passionate about is fishing. I am passionate about fishing. Now, I like to fish with a pole, a line, and a lure, but I'm, I'm not nearly as passionate about that as I am about the call of Jesus to follow him and to be fishers of people. So I'm passionate about people. And when I read the Gospels, I'm, I'm so glad that he didn't call those who were impressive, those who had an amazing resume, but he called ordinary people. Ordinary people like you and me to participate in this great mission of calling people to follow him. So my prayer for Maple Park Church is that we ordinary people would collectively be passionate about fishing, that we would be a fishing club, that we would share in this passion to fish for people. This church was planted with a passion for fishing. This church was planted with a passion of fishing for people. And this, this church grew from that passion. And I believe it's time for us to recapture that passion, that passion to be fishers of people. So Jesus calls you to follow him. Jesus calls you to be a fisher of people. And that means that Jesus calls you to tell others the good news of the gospel. And we need to hear the good news. You see, Jesus went about and he proclaimed the good news. Repent and believe the good news. We are a people who need to hear this good news, and we live in a world, we live in a community, we live in a nation in which people need to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here we are, sitting here in this church today, and we have the greatest news in the world. And Jesus has simply told us, and he has called us to go and to be fishers of people, proclaiming 
this good news. So people need to hear the good news. And what is this good news? The good news is Jesus. The good news is Jesus. That's the good news. The good news is Jesus himself. When you read the Gospels, when you read about Jesus, his life, you cannot help but say that the coming of Jesus is good news. You see, when you open your Bible, when you read the Gospels, it just oozes with good news, and this good news is Jesus himself. So Jesus is the good news. Jesus, he reached out and he touched people. He touched people who no one else would touch. We understand social distancing with this pandemic, but when Jesus encountered a leper, he didn't social distance himself from that leper. He actually reached out and touched the leper, and he healed the leper. He, he made friends with sinners. Jesus made friends with tax collectors, with prostitutes. And they actually accused Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard because he was a friend of prostitutes and tax collectors and all sorts of people of Ill, Ill repute. So when you read the Gospels, you cannot help but notice that Jesus is good news. If he's willing to associate with people that society condemned and despised, then he certainly wants to be my friend too. Not only that, but he was an enemy of religious hypocrites. That's good news. An enemy of religious hypocrites. He didn't make friends with the religious. He, he had power to heal, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. Jesus is good news. He is the good news that the world needs to hear of today. And he had and he still has the power and the authority to speak four powerful words. And he has spoken those words over you. Only God can speak these words. And Jesus, as true God in human flesh, speaks these four powerful words to you. What are these four powerful words? Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. This is good news, church. This is good news. The good news is Jesus. The good news is that Jesus has arrived. He has established his kingdom. The good news is, is that all who repent and believe are forgiven and they're brought into his eternal kingdom. They have everlasting life. This is the very message that Jesus preached. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This, my friends, is good news. Not a set of rules, not a program of social justice. This good news is the purest, the truest, and the fullest expression of God, Jesus.
true God and true man incarnate in human flesh, incarnate for the salvation of all who repent and believe the good news. So Jesus has called you to follow him. Jesus has called you to be a fisher of people. That means that Jesus has called you to tell others the good news of the gospel. And the gospel is Jesus. His life, his death, and his resurrection for the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. So the good news is Jesus. He is your Savior. He is my Savior. And he is the Savior of the world. And you are called by him to share this good news, to share this good news in your world. So he's called you to go fishing. He's called you to go fishing. Where do you fish? What pond? What shore? What pier do you fish from? Well, you're called to go fishing wherever you live today. You're called to go fishing wherever you live today. You see, the world's a big pond. There are a lot of people out there. But he hasn't called you to reach the whole world. He's called you to reach those that, um, who live within your, your, your world, within your pond, within your corner of the ocean. That's who he's called you to reach. You see, fishermen have their favorite fishing spots. But God has already placed you in your fishing spot today. By his providence... He has placed you where you are today so that you can bear witness to the reality of the good news of Jesus. So I ask you the question, who lives in your world? Who lives in your pond? Who lives in your corner of the ocean? Who are the people that you come into contact with on a daily basis? One way of, of looking at your world, those that live in, in your pond, in your corner of the ocean, is to think of the acronym FRAN, or to think of the acronym, I like Franz better. Most pastors use the acronym FRAN. I decided to add an S onto FRAN, it's a Danish guy's name, Franz. The F stands for friends. Do you have friends that do not know Jesus as their Savior? God has providentially placed you so that you have contact and influence with friends. What about relatives? How many of you uh, have relatives, people in your family that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ? So the F in front stands for friends. Each and every one of us have friends that don't know the gospel. Jesus has called you to go fishing there. Relatives. Uh, people that you're related to that do not know Jesus. Associates, people that you work with. When you go to your place of work, or if you, if you think of those that you associated with during work, maybe you're still friends with them today. Those are people to whom God has called you to go fishing. So we have friends. The F, R is relatives. A is associates, people that you work with. N is neighbors. Each and every one of us live in a neighborhood people that you live in close proximity to, people that you come into contact with maybe as you go for walks around your neighborhood. Jesus has placed you there. Jesus has placed you in a certain neighborhood, in a certain locality, so that you can go fishing, so that you can 
become a fisher of people, that is to tell others the good news of the gospel. And then the S is for strangers. The S is for strangers. Every day we come into contact with people that we really don't know. You go to the grocery store. Uh, you run into people. The clerk who checks you out. Wherever you go, you go to a restaurant. We can't go to restaurants right now, but hopefully one day we will go to restaurants again. There's a waiter or a waitress. I like to think of every trip to the grocery store as a mission trip. Every trip to the grocery store is a mission trip. The other day I, I was really kind of grumpy. I've actually been grumpy the past two days. I don't know why. But I was on my way to the grocery store and I was uh, thinking, man, i got to go to the grocery store. I don't like this. But then God all of a sudden brought to my remembrance, remember what you preach? You preach that every time you go to the grocery store you're a missionary. So that changed my attitude immediately. I said, God has a purpose for me in going to this grocery store today. It's not by accident that I'm going shopping. I don't know what that purpose was, but I sure was trying to be the nicest, most friendly person I could. So God has called you to go fishing. You have friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, and even strangers. We don't fish with a hook, line, or lure. We don't even fish with a net. We fish with a message. We fish by telling others the good news that is theirs in Jesus. And if we're not passionate, if we're not passionate about this kind of fishing, if we fail to be fishers of people, if we fail to follow Jesus, if we fail to, follow, be, to become fishers of men, and if we fail to, to tell others about Jesus, Really, Christianity doesn't have much of a future in North America. The way the church grows is by telling people the good news that is in Jesus. And when they hear the good news and they believe the good news, they enter into this community. So we don't fish with hook, line, or lure. We don't fish with a net. We fish with a message. And the future of the church... The future of the church is the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jesus calls you to follow him. Jesus calls you to become fishers of people. And Jesus calls you to tell others the good news of the gospel. He chooses and he calls ordinary, imperfect Christians like you and I to tell ordinary people the good news that is theirs in Jesus Christ. So let me, let me give you some tips as you follow Jesus and as you become a fisher of people. The first principle of, of being a fisher of men is to pray. To pray. That is first and foremost. So I ask you this question, are you praying for friends, for relatives, for associates, for neighbors, and even for strangers. I encourage you to write down the names of some people that you have contact with and to start praying for them every day. Pray for them. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is effective. As we seek to, to follow Jesus, as we seek to become fishers of people, He's going to lead us into, into those fishing spots that he wants us to be in. 
But we also need to realize that it's a battle. It is a battle. Because the enemy doesn't want you to share this message. The enemy wants more than anything for people to, re to remain separated from Jesus and the life and salvation that he has provided. So we need to be a people of prayer. We need to be praying for people who don't know the Lord. Pray for people that you know. Write their names down and start praying. So that's, uh, that's the first tip is, is you have to pray. Because this really isn't a work that, that we can uh, do ourselves. This is something we've been invited to join Jesus in, but he's the one who really does the work. And so he's invited us, first of all, to pray for our friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, and strangers. And then number two is to love, is to love. See, people won't, won't listen to you if, if they know that you don't care about them. And if you love somebody, you're not going to preach at them, right? So love is essential. Love is key because when we love other people, we then uh, care about them. And we demonstrate that in, our, in the way we, we act and the way we interact with them. And then that then gives us a platform. If they know that we really, truly do genuinely love them then we can share. So number one is to pray for them. Number two is to love them. And then number two is, is to, is to do, take that bold step to open your mouth and then to share the gospel. Open your mouth and talk about Jesus. Let them know what Jesus means to you. You know, many people today, they're going through difficulties. They're, they're facing so many hardships due to this pandemic. A lot of people are scared. They don't know what the future holds for them. And basically, you can say, hey, you know what? This kind of freaks me out, too. But guess what? I'm trusting in the Lord. And the Lord gives me the strength that I need to face every day. It's as simple as that. So share. I'm going to ask you a question now. Who feels ill-equipped to share the gospel? Who here feels ill-equipped to share the gospel? I know that I certainly do feel ill-equipped at times. Who feels like uh, if, if you did share the gospel, you might mess it up because you, you don't know enough about it. So you're afraid that if you open up your mouth, you're going to... How many of you feel that way? That if you start talking about it, you might mess it up. Yeah. Who's afraid that uh, someone will have a question you can't answer? <laughs> You see, these are some of the obstacles that get in our way. And we allow these fears to prevent us from sharing with others. So remember this. We go back to the beginning. Jesus calls you to follow him. But who did he call? Did he call those with an impressive resume? Did he call those that, that had it perfect every time? No, these disciples, they messed up. They doubted. They got the answers wrong, but yet Jesus chose to call ordinary men like these 12 disciples. And Jesus calls you too. So don't be afraid of all these things that, that we're afraid of when it comes to sharing the gospel with others. Remember that he calls ordinary people. He doesn't call me to have all the answers. He doesn't call me to have a perfect presentation. 
He just calls me to bear witness to the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me. And then guess what? Another good news. People are open. People are open. They are open to hearing the gospel. Maybe not everybody, but I was shocked and I was surprised. I went to an evangelism training conference at Atonement Lutheran Church in Arlington, Washington. And by the way, they're having the same evangelism, one-day evangelism, evangelism workshop in February. And they just basically shared a very basic presentation of how to share the gospel with other people. And then they, what they did was something very scary. They actually sent us out two by two. This was just a, a few weeks ago. They sent us out two by two. And they said, we want you now to go out and to share this message with people. And I was afraid. I was scared. I'm like, nobody's going to want to talk to me. Nobody's going to want to hear this message from me. But people were open. People were open. We went to a playground. The pastor from Atonement, myself, we went up to people and we said, hey, we're from a local church and we know that these, these uh, times are difficult and we're just wondering, can we pray for you? And people said, yeah, you can pray for us. They were open to it. And then that then led into us being able to share the good news of the gospel. Nobody was mad at us. Nobody was angry. They actually said, thank you. Thank you. One little boy ran up to me, and his mom was following. He was about two years old. And as this little boy ran up to me, I said, what's his name? She said, his name's Lucifer. I said, what? The first thing that slipped out of my, my mouth was, why did you name him that? <laughs> I literally said that. Why did you name him that? And she said, well, we thought it would be a good name for him. It's like, oh. Then I said, well, we're from a local church here, and we were wondering if we could pray for you. And she says, well, I don't believe in prayer. And then she started to walk away. She took about two steps. She turned around, and she said, actually, you can pray for my coworker. My co 